Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. It is January 1st, 2023. Welcome to the new year. I hope it's a good one for everyone in all realms of your life. With your spouse, with your love, with your Shalom Bayit, Parnasa, and all of you who want to come to Israel, I hope this is the year you do it. I um, interviewed someone earlier in the week, last week, because I'm not going to be around today. Um, and I'm going to be playing it in just a few minutes, but I do want to uh, share some thoughts with you. I've been talking to people all week and I'm going to be recording or bringing someone on live uh, next week, but there are these ongoing discussions and people are getting very frustrated with their friends who who are coming up with excuses not to move here. And this is, I'm I'm tapping into what I discussed last week. I told you that I'm not here to, you know, convince anyone to come and nobody who doesn't want to make Aliyah should come. Okay. If you want to make Aliyah, make Aliyah. If you don't want to make Aliyah, don't make Aliyah. You shouldn't come because someone else makes you. Um, It should be something that comes from you, just like anything else in your life. And I have a a friend, um, a past interviewee, I guess, who reached out to me and asked me, you know, can you, can you help me? Can you see this discussion I'm having with a friend of ours a couple they they are giving us reasons why they're not coming and it's just so funny to read this this back and forth and after like a couple pages screenshots I said to this woman they just don't want to come just give up you know you can't convince it it can't come like that it can't be arguments this isn't a court case without arguments and counter arguments and and then the person who has the best argument wins no you shouldn't need to argue anyone into coming you shouldn't need to present evidence and refute their um, comments and refute their reasoning. If somebody has reasons for staying and they have a good life there, call like a vote, stay there. You know, it's not my place to tell people where to live. All I can do is set a good example. And all any of us can do with our lives in every, in every way is set a good example. You know, you, you want your children to, um, be nice to others and to treat people well. So you have to treat people well. You want uh, your friends and your family to move to Israel. So move to Israel and, you know, share your life with them as, as best you can. It's very easy today. You know, we all have social media. We're all on Facebook. We're all even on WhatsApp groups. Um, and if they admire what you do and if they feel that they also want to do that and if they see a way they can do that on their own for themselves, that will take their own time. It will come in time. You can't really push. You can't really try to convince people. It's it's exactly what I was saying um, last week, how pushing people and, um, you know, almost like marketing, like TV commercials for the sugar cereals growing up, I remember, and, and the little dolls and stuff. It, you know, for some people, they want it, and some people, it's, a, it's actually a turn off. For me, a lot of this stuff was a turn off. Um, or maybe I just got lucky. My mom never bought us sugar cereals. We got them once a year. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's the closest thing I compare it to. If someone pushes something so much, why are they pushing it? You know, why? Uh, none of us should need to sell Israel. Um, Israel does not need to be sold. It is a gem. It is holy. And those who see it and know it and want to be part of this amazing place will come. They'll come rich, they'll come poor, they'll come 
you know, with excuses, without excuses, they'll come. And those who don't see it and don't feel it, they won't. And All right, we're going to um, start the show and we're going to get this guest on and I will speak to you all next week uh, live, I hope. In the meantime, if any of you do have questions, please write in natalie at israelnewstalkradio.com. Welcome to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Sipinski. Joining us today is an Ole Hadash from America, from New York. Um, his name is Bobby Angfang. I hope, Anfang, Anfang, correct? Um, Bobby works with my husband at the university in Beersheba at um, the Ben-Gurion University of the Negev. And he has a very interesting story. He actually married an Israeli and got lucky and has family over here through his wife. That is a great way to make Aliyah. And if you're listening, if you are considering living in Israel in the future and you're single, why don't you go find an Israeli and that will help you. <laughs> That's what happened to Bobby. Bobby, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, why don't you tell us um, a little bit about your background and if anything I said is correct in that introduction. Everything you said is correct. And I certainly agree that having an Israeli spouse softens the landing uh, in making Aliyah. I made Aliyah eight years ago uh, from New York. My wife and I met and fell in love in New York. I was in grad school at the time. She was in acting school. Uh, we hit it off. We lived together. Uh, well, we dated quite a while before we before I moved to Israel before I made Aliyah. Uh, we lived together in New York. She decided she wanted to put acting on hold and pursue higher education here in Israel. Her family's from Beersheba. And so she came back to Israel while I stayed in New York, uh, squirreled away my shekels, so to speak, mm -hmm. paid off my student loans, and then followed her over in Israel and I made Aliyah. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's certainly a romantic story, mm -hmm. you know, Aliyah above. And now I've been here for eight years and I've had an assortment of jobs and I've worked in different fields. So, uh, that that's pretty much my story. Yeah, that's a good story. That's a that you're right. You said it very well when you said it makes it a softer landing. Most of the people who come on this program are um, coming as, a, you know, a, a couple that they're both American. So coming here without that anchor, that family anchor, is definitely uh, harder and, and much more challenging than what you've got. You know, I'm sure you have your own challenges though. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit, like, if this is. I don't want to say if this is something you had planned to do your whole life, because I'm guessing no, but maybe I'm wrong. You know, were you looking for an Israeli? Was Israel ever on your radio, ever on your radar for the future? It really wasn't. Um, I grew up in, I, I describe it as a Jewish home. Like, so we were, you know, obviously Jewish, but we weren't religious. It was a reform, uh, reform household. Uh, most, my community where I grew up was predominantly actually Italian Catholic, so I had through the holidays and through family members I had exposure to Judaism, but we certainly weren't religious, and I had no idea who I would fall in love with and marry. Around um, you, tell me about the surroundings. You grew up in a what 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 suburb or or what city in up, New York? I grew up in Staten Island, um, in a mostly I would say blue collar city worker environment. Um, everyone was mostly concerned with their pensions and job security, and uh, it wasn't, 
how do I describe it? Um, yeah, that was that was the focus of, of grow up, get a good city job, have the mm-hmm. stability, and get married, have kids, and and that's it. And eventually, you'll re- you'll retire with your pension. Right. I think that was the the narrative growing up. Right. On Staten Island. Hmm. And uh, okay, so you so you went to New York City. That's already kind of departing from what everybody else was doing around you. Yeah, uh, that that's true. And I, you know, I pers- I, I uh, went to school for social work and education. So I, I didn't follow uh, my my family's footsteps and become a police officer. My dad was a cop, and my hmm. my brother was a cop. So I didn't I didn't follow suit. Went my own went my own way. Um, I can't fully explain why it was so important to me to marry a Jewish girl. Really, but it, it was. I guess in the back of my mind, it was it was important for whatever reason. Um, uh-huh. My brother married a Catholic girl from Belize, uh, so you know, go figure. Explain right. that one. Uh, yeah, and, wait. Yeah. You know, God works in mysterious ways. Um, you're lucky. You're lucky. And then she brought you so, all the way here, which is even luckier. Yeah, I always, I always jokingly say that I, I chased her across the pond. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because she, she wanted to be close to her family, and I want to be close to her. When you so. started uh, dating, when you, when you just met her, and you realized or found out she was Israeli, what? Or do you remember thinking, maybe one day I'll end up there? No, it it wasn't it wasn't even the thought in my mind. I didn't even consider the possibility. Um, we were we were in New York. Uh, even our relationship, we we've always spoken with each other in English. That's the well, that's our language, uh, shared language. And uh, yeah, it, there it was it wasn't even on the map. I I didn't even think about it. Mm-hmm. So interesting. You know, when you meet a, an Israeli in New York, I guess it is very sadly common to just think they're going to stay right and that that is possible i i just i hadn't considered it um you know we were deeply in love and just having a great time together and we i think we were together three years and then i made aliyah all right so you made aliyah she had come home and you 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 followed her what a year later Right, so we were we were still together on and our relationship then. It was Skype; it wasn't Zoom. Uh, this was in 2013. So then we were we were skyping every day, and I visited her a few times, and she visited me a few times, and I was able to save up money and pay off my student loans and get ready to make Aliyah. Okay. So we had a 14 month geographical separation. We were in two different countries, but we stayed together. Good. Okay. So let's go and talk about what it was like when you first got here and what challenges you faced, um, if you can even remember them, back in 2014. What what I happened? Um, it, it was overwhelming, I think, the, in, 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 a, in a multitude of ways, you know, good, bad, and neutral. I think it was, it was overwhelming, uh, just the cultural differences and... Uh, Sensory, sensory overload. I think it was there was just a lot going on, and also I hit the ground running. Got here, I started Opon right away. We went, we were in and out of government offices, getting all my Olay benefits and and squaring that away. Uh, right. in that, well, that's good. I love how you say we because you didn't have to do this by yourself. 
it's true. Lerone, Lerone, my wife Lerone was by my side the whole time, and was, her family was also infinitely supportive. Yeah, that's great. But yeah, I, I, certainly in in that regard, I was very fortunate. Yeah. I had that. You know, I consider them my family too. Right. It's right. not just her family; my family. So, did you come and directly go directly to Beersheba? So. In the beginning, uh, yes, we had an apartment in Beersheba. We also, as we were waiting to move into our apartment, we stayed at her parents' house in Lahavim. So we stayed in Lahavim for a little bit. Beautiful. Uh, that was, I think that was the, the, I guess the adjustment I, maybe that people don't speak enough about in the whole Aliyah process is financial change. You know, I, I was used to having my own apartment, my own independence, and I had a nice job. And now, I moved to Israel and I was in the process of signing up for Opan. And then when I was in Opan, I didn't work. So I think going from like one financial status to another was, was certainly a factor in adding stress. People uh, talk about that, that, Bobby, all the time. You're they do? Very okay. Oh, that's like the main reason people do not come to Israel. They, okay. not only that yeah. change, not only the change at first, but the, um, the the uh what's it called there's no guarantee that they're going to make it here you know just because you right. come here as uh you know people don't always have it worked out and they don't have enough faith to try so absolutely that's a factor go ahead though. okay go ahead you ahead you're in La Havim you're doing yep. what, you're living with her parents so what are you doing living, uh I was just still running around getting everything squared away finally we moved to an apartment together in Bersheva. um. Thankfully, uh, we were right across the street from the chess club where Sheva has a, a really sizable uh, chess community, very powerful chess community. So, and I'm a big chess player, so I was right across the street from the chess club, which was great for me. Hmm. And that was sort of my home away from home for a while. That's interesting. Uh, just spending time there playing chess. I want to cut uh, in here. I just want to cut in because uh, you're th- we're throwing things around. People may not know it. La Havim, where Bobby said he stayed with his in-laws is a beautiful community outside of Beersheba. Now, Beersheba is this southern desert community that's very, very built up. Okay, it's huge. There are seven malls in Beersheba. It's very, very big. The two big employers are the hospital and the university. Now, outside the the uh, city are like bedroom communities. One of them is Lahavim. One of them is Maytar. We've had people on the show from Maytar. One of them is Omer. And uh, that's just coming south, uh, north, north. And when I say bedroom communities, these aren't just like little villages. These are fancy. Okay. Lahavim, I'm, I'm just, it's, it's fancy. Okay. These people live in homes. These are villas. These are houses with yards. People have cars. People wear fancy shoes. These are fancy, <laughs> fancy, beautiful communities. I'm saying on the same level of Teaneck. All right. So yeah, it's certainly an ups, upscale suburb yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I did my swim test there. Uh, my coach lives there. He's Russian. The guy's like six, four, constantly changing from one fancy pair of shoes and matching outfits to another. His wife also is like some Russian model. These are, you know, it's very <laughs> funny. People put down Beersheba. Maybe they don't anymore, but um, you can live very well down here. So go ahead. So I just have to cut in and give people a, a, just a little bit of yeah, uh, information. Sure. So uh, I started Opan, finished Opan. Um, and tell me when you I say guess. Opan. Everyone needs to know these are intense Hebrew lessons. Um, I didn't right. know that everybody still did that. I'm surprised, actually, that you did that. But 
I guess you, like you said, you spoke English before. Right, right. So I didn't, I didn't know a lick of Hebrew, you know, other than the, a handful of words uh, prior to doing Opan. Opan is an intensive language course that lasts for five months. You go five days a week, five hours a day, and they they teach you uh, the basics of Hebrew. They teach you to read and write and speak. Um, I'd say less emphasis on the speaking, more reading and writing. Mm. But it, it gives you a solid foundation in the grammar as well of the language. All right. So Where I did finished... you do that? Did you do that in Beersheba? In Beersheba. With yes. who? Who was in your class? Uh, it was predominantly uh, Olin from Ukraine. Uh-huh. That was 2014. Or... Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That was right. That was when uh, there, were, there was bombing. There were bombings on the border of uh, of, of eastern Ukraine, like in Donetsk, and uh, mm-hmm. so that was all of those Olim came over to uh, seek refuge in Israel. Right. So most of my class was was Ukrainian. There was there were a few other American students, and then some people from Cuba, and maybe another Soviet Union country. I just can't remember. Right. So that's another thing. Yeah, it was. You've got to explain, but I want everyone to listen that Bobby is giving a very, very um, thumbnail sketch, I guess, of, of what this Ulpan is. Everyone says Ulpan, Ulpan. Well, Bobby got the real Ulpan. The real Ulpan is when you're in a classroom with people from all over the world, you do not share a common language. So the teacher is teaching in Hebrew, and a lot of what she does is pantomime. And Bobby, jump in and correct me if I'm wrong, but this is how it was for me, because I also had a lot of Russians in my class. And, and the teacher has to use Hebrew because she doesn't know. Russian. She doesn't know uh, Spanish, and she may not know French or these other languages. So it's all Hebrew, and everyone in the all the students have their own language. So it is. Well, it was right. Yeah, I think I think that's that's very accurate. But I actually have a funny story because um, it was it was a Friday night dinner at my wife's, you know, my in laws' house, and I was here also hearing a lot of Russian uh, in in Olpan. So at at some point I got confused. I wasn't sure what was Russian, what was Hebrew. So I, I actually mentioned that the word was an exception to a family of you know native Hebrew speakers, but I used the word in Russian. I didn't say Yotze Dofa, and I said Excuchenia, and they were hysterical laughing. They're like, "That's not Hebrew." <laughs> right. I thought it was Hebrew. That so is funny. It, was, it was actually pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there are romances in those ulpans too. You know, there are all these people who have come over on the boat, so to speak. And they're starting their new life together. It's it's very interesting, um, the friendships and the connections you can make from your Ulpan class, which is pretty intense, as Bobby's saying. Five hours a day for five weeks, six weeks, something like that. Right? Or is it longer? No, no, that was that was what I did. There was a chance to actually I think I took a continuation course at some point. There were there was uh, I finished uh Ulpan Gimel. So I did Olive Bet and Gimel oh, three levels. Pretty pretty good. Wow. Yeah. So um, I finished that, and uh, yeah, and actually, it's, it's speaking about friendships. One of my one of my good friends, um, his wife was in my old pond class, and uh, actually, I really I hit it off with uh, her husband. He was a great guy. We were good friends, and uh, yeah. So to this um, day, we still what country him. is he from? He's actually originally from the Ukraine. He made Aliyah when he was two, uh-huh. uh, but his wife Nadia, who was in class with me, she was from Russia. Uh-huh. That's right. So it's it's very interesting. It's very, um, you know, international. Okay, it good. Is. So you did your opan, and as you were doing your opan, you're living at home with your in-laws, and you and she, you had already gotten married, right? 
No, we weren't married yet. Uh-huh. So you're living with we your married. your future in-laws, your future wife. You got married in Israel, I'm assuming. Did you get married in Israel? Yes. Great. Yes, in, in 2016. Very nice. Okay. And then you what? You basically continued your life. You you started your new life. Yeah, I started my life. We, we moved into the apartment in Bersheva. Uh Originally, I was working at uh, Berlitz, of all places, uh, the Language Institute Berlitz. And then I, I said, okay, I, I'm, I'm not having any exposure to Hebrew, really. I'm not speaking the language. So I started working at a sporting goods store for about a year just to improve my Hebrew, which was a great opportunity. A family friend owns a sporting goods store in Bersheva. So wow, that is great. I, you know, I, I joined the staff there as a salesman. Uh, and it was, you know, it was, it was in, I was in the trenches, you know, doing my best to, to, to sell, uh, you know, sports equipment in Hebrew. Right. So that's an adventure. Yeah. Now you're, you're lucky because you have an opportunity that many people don't, although it's all how you look at it. I mean, you, I guess, had support, you had financial support, you had a, a wife or, and a family, so you didn't have to necessarily have to succeed, um, at your job. A lot of people come over here. Um, with savings, and they really could do what you're doing. They could, but they are so worried about maintaining their level of standard of living that they don't. You know, they don't. You're very, very lucky. Don't you think? Yeah, I mean, yeah and then I uh, I taught in a bunch of schools as well. I taught junior high, elementary, and high school uh, in the Israeli school system. Uh-huh. And now, and then I realized it's just not for me teaching in the in the educational system. Uh, you know, the Department of Ed here is is certainly different than what we're used to stateside. Yeah. So a different board of education, that's for sure. Yeah. And uh, then, uh, actually opened up my own private practice because I'm also a social worker. So I have a private practice in Bershava. Very nice. And uh, teaching at the university and doing a lot of tutoring on the side. And I have a lot of, I do like a lot of gig work. So right now I'm also teaching for uh, uh, a high-tech company in, in the Bersheva Gavion Park, the high-tech center. There's a, a high-tech company. They need someone to teach their, their interns English. I'm teaching an English course there for the interns. Mm-hmm. I'm doing like a lot of like side jobs that kind of, uh, that are patched together to right. form, a, form an income. Right. Now, how about your wife? Does she, does she have a solid income? Yeah, no, no. We both have. I think we both have a good income. It's just mine is is more of. I think I have to hustle differently because it's not something that's that's that not like a stable you know nine to five sort of thing. Right now, that's not uh, that way for everybody. I just want our listeners not to be like nervous. Okay, it's not that way for everybody. Bobby actually told us just minutes ago that he was a normal teacher, and it just wasn't for him. Some people come here and they become teachers here. They had been teachers in the true. past. They continue, right? Yeah, that's absolutely true. That's yeah, absolutely yeah. true. So not everyone uh, who is listening and, and don't think that, oh, I'm going to come to Israel and I have to patch work together. It doesn't happen. For, it's not necessarily true for everybody. You can really right. do a lot here um, because it is so modern and flexible in, in many respects. Don't you think so? I think so. But I also And I also would add to that, thankfully, that Health insurance here isn't dependent on having a full-time job. So that's one of the upsides, too, because because I have so many different gigs that I've sort of patched together, I don't have to worry 
about having one employer to, to cover my insurance. Right. And I think so that's why, definitely it is a huge, huge advantage. Why don't you explain to our listeners why or or how, what exactly you mean? Because in in America, from where you come from, the right. insurance health insurance is covered by your full time employer, correct? Right. So, you know, it's not contingent on having a full-time job. And we have socialized medicine in Israel. So, so everybody you, gets, well, I mean, everyone, let's, make it clear. let's make it crystal clear. You do not have to have a job to have health insurance here. That is correct. <laughs> right. And you do not have to be rich to have health insurance here. Health insurance is, is very inexpensive. Um, and there are levels, right? Right. Le there are levels yep. and there are four different companies. And it is affordable. So, correct? You're, you're right. Another yes. thing that's affordable here, and um, you'll get there when I think you only have one child, right? A little baby. Uh, education. Right. And, and this is another reason that people come here. I hate to say it. That shouldn't be the reason they come here. But one of the reasons is education is much, much less expensive here. Um, you pay when the kids are little to go to daycare. And then... When they enter first grade, you don't pay anything except for books until ninth grade. And then if they go to yeshiva, you pay more. Or they go to a regular high school and you, and you don't, again, just books. And these are, you know, this is good Jewish education, right? Yes. So those are two uh, things that people constantly harp on and they, and they highlight as a reason to move to Israel. I don't know if that's enough to get someone to move here. I, th I think in many cases it is when you have a large family, a lot of kids. But, um, you know, you need to come here and stick it out no matter what. And uh, it's good to have support. And you have it because you have a family here. That's that's really great. It is. You have any uh, words of uh, wisdom to share with our listeners and anything also about what you like about uh, Beersheba? We don't get so many people on the oh. show from Beersheba. Yeah, I like the fact that, you know, Beersheba has a very small town feel and it's still a city. Um, I think it's it's also a university town, so it's still very young and vibrant, and that's something that I really enjoy about it. Uh, words of wisdom, what would I recommend? I mean, I would say take it one day at a time and be open to the differences. I mean, it's a different culture, and in many ways, there is some overlap with what we're used to stateside, but it you know it's a world of their own, and everything it everything has its own tempo here. And just try to um, try to mold yourself to it, and not try to change it. Try not to be so resistant to the difference. Right, that is very, very that good. Is, that's good advice. And you're also in a, an Israeli city. Um, I, I think it's very helpful. You not only are married to an Israeli, but you're in an Israeli city, so you ab are absorbing that vibe, actually, right? Yeah, I, I would say so. Yeah, and I think that's very helpful. For anyone moving here, um, I think a lot of people move here and they want to succeed and they want their kids to uh, succeed and to fit in. And so they look for a soft landing and they end up moving to a place where people just like them. Well, that may be a soft landing, but then it just continues to be soft. You know, like, that's not what Israel is. You know, people just like you. Israel's full of people from all over the world. And it's it's great to, to live in a, a place where you can absorb that. Bobby has done that. And, um, you know, you're going to have a very different experience depending on where you live. But, you know, it's anything. Short. Go ahead. No, 
I would add to that, like what you what you were alluding to is, is true. There is there is no growth without conflict. You need a certain degree of conflict to grow. Right. So right. You know. Well put. That is true. Um, yeah, things hurt sometimes. You know, to, to grow. Yeah. You're you're definitely uh you said that perfectly. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for joining us. Um, good luck with everything. Thank you. And um, you have a wonderful story, very inspiring. And I hope anyone listening, if you have any questions at all, please contact me at Natalie at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. I will pass your questions on to Bobby, and um, hopefully we will uh, get more people moving out there, out here to Beersheba. It's a, it is a great city, and uh, it is a growing population. Actually, there are neighborhoods. Um, I think there, you know, neighborhood Aleph, neighborhood Bet, these type of things, where there are English speakers. You know, not tons, but. There, there is like an English-speaking group on Facebook. I even think for Beersheba. There, yeah, that's right. Beersheba yeah. English speaker. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So it, it is a place that people should look into more. Um, it is a nice city. They have everything there. Everything. Okay, we're done. Thank you, Bobby. Thank you all for joining us today. We'll be back next week, same time. Have a great week. Israel News Talk Radio's chat room. Just click the orange button at the top of the IsraelNewsTalkRadio.home page, log in as yourself or an anonymous guest, and join in on the fun. You'll meet other listeners from all over the world who listen to Israel News Talk Radio, and you can make new friends. Israel News Talk Radio's chat room. It's the closest you can get to being in the studio with us. We love listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Where can you get the inside news on Israel? At Israel News Talk Radio, we're dedicated to sharing Israel's inside story with the world by providing our listeners with news on Israeli politics, current affairs, and Israeli Jewish culture. The Israel News Talk Radio homepage also provides you, the listener, with useful information at your fingertips with scrolling news headlines, weather, currency exchange, Shabbat candlelighting times, and so much more. Our radio programming is always accessible and on demand. We operate absolutely free of charge for everyone, everywhere. If you love what we do, partner with us now by becoming an Israel News Talk Radio supporter. With your support, you'll be inscribed on our Israel News Talk Radio Wall of Fame. There's nothing like us in the world. Be part of something great. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight talk from Israel. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel. Plus, little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio.